Good morning, everyone. I'm going to apologize up front for my voice. The only thing worse than allergy season in Arizona is being allergic to allergy medication during allergy season in Arizona. So I'm allergic to antihistamine. So this is what you're going to get until this is over. So uh, I apologize in advance for my voice. The Wolfman Jack impression. Um, I appreciate you being here. Uh, The president is scheduled to speak about 30 minutes from right now. We are going to take the president's comments live. It's expected that the president is going to commit more funding and more relief efforts to the to Ukraine. I want you to hear a little bit of an ABC report. This is what's expected this morning. President Biden today will announce the U.S. is sending $800 million in new military assistance to Ukraine. That funding comes from the $13.6 billion for Ukraine approved by Congress as part of a massive government spending bill the president signed into law on Tuesday. $3.5 billion of that money will go to weapons, and the Biden administration has discretion on what it will send to Ukraine. The $800 million the president will announce today includes weapons the Ukrainians have been requesting, anti-armor and anti-air systems. All right, so President Zelensky addressed Congress this morning. I want you to hear his request and that request for a no-fly zone. This is obviously going to be through an interpreter. Is this a lot to ask for to create a no-fly zone zone over Ukraine to save people? Is this too much to ask? Humanitarian no-fly zone, something that Ukraine, that Russia would not be able to terrorize our free cities. He used the example of Pearl Harbor and 9-11 when attacks came from the air against U.S., against the U.S. Uh, Senator Mark Kelly was on Arizona's Morning News earlier, and he was asked by Jim and Jamie about setting up a no-fly zone. As I was flying my first combat missions over Iraq in 1991, and I was shot at with Russian surface-to-air missiles, SA-6s. I had one blow up next to my airplane. Wow. So here's the thing. If we were to create a no-fly zone, it has to be enforced. So that means engaging with Russian airplanes. But even before that, we would not want to put our pilots at risk of getting shot down by an S-300 or even if they had SA-6s there, the missile that almost got me that night. So we would have to suppress the enemy air defenses. That means shooting missiles or dropping other ordnance on those surface-to-air missiles. And that means engaging in direct combat actions with the Russian military. So it's and not... That's what we're trying to avoid here. And to keep Russian planes out of the sky, the only way to do that is to shoot them down. So you don't um, so support now this. we are at war with Russia. We are trying to avoid being at war with a country that has 6,000 nuclear warheads. We have 5,500. So the proposal has been, and this is, goes back a couple of weeks now, that Poland has said they will give MiGs, MiG fighter jets to Ukrainian pilots so Ukrainian pilots can fight their own war. And in return, the U.S. would give Poland jets to replace the MiGs that were given to Ukraine. So Senator Kelly was asked about this proposal about giving the MiG fighter jets to Ukrainian pilots. The Ukrainian military have 30 MiG-29s right now. If this was the U.S. military in this kind of scenario, you would expect uh, maybe a little bit more than half of those airplanes to be functional, to be fully mission capable. So the big question is, why are they only flying one to five sorties when they have probably about 15 airplanes available? You would be flying those airplanes multiple times a day. I would expect they would fly 30 to 40. 45 sorties a day, but they're flying less than five. So maybe they don't have the spare parts. Maybe they don't have the maintainers. Maybe they don't have the weapons to put on the airplanes. 
and so that's I mean it's a lot of maybes and I'm not I'm not um, criticizing the senator but that is a lot of maybes and a lot of questions so we have given we know that we have allowed um, weapons we've been giving weapons anti-tank anti-aircraft weapons the stinger missiles we've been giving to the Ukrainian people so it's not a matter of involvement giving them equipment we've already given them equipment that has been used very successfully in wiping out some of their tanks shooting their aircraft out of the sky so the moral question for the U.S. when we talk about involvement, when no one is talking about committing troops, the no-fly zone being being implemented by American pilots, I understand what everybody is saying. You're in danger of seeing your pilot shot out of the sky. Does that mean you go after their missile, their, you know, their capabilities to stop them from shooting, or do you warn them if you shoot at an American plane, it is one time if one missile is shot at one military aircraft flown by the U.S., you will be triggering a war or do we do this where we help them with their air capabilities and it doesn't seem to be a question that that is something that would be very advantageous to the Ukrainians and they want to fight a ground war and this is where I I go back to the question I keep asking about what is Putin's end game it has become crystal clear that an invasion into Ukraine has turned deadly for his people, but it's also become crystal clear that the Ukrainians are not going to give up their cities. So what you're going to do is you're going to create a wasteland in order to gain this. So you gain nothing. You gain a liability. You are going to diminish the cities. You are going to reduce them to rubble. You are wiping out the infrastructure, and you would have to build all of that back. So I don't understand what the advantage to Vladimir Putin is by wiping out the city. You're talking about a city in in Kiev that is about the size, well, I should say in population, the size of Chicago. This is a major city in Europe. And they are surrounding it. They are bombing it. So you already know you're creating billions of dollars in damage. And I know that we. the most important thing is loss of life. But from a strategic standpoint, what does Vladimir Putin gain by decimating a city that he wants to take over? Let's say he eventually is able to get the stranglehold on Kiev. He is able to either capture or kill or force the president of Ukraine out of the city along with the other fighters and they take the city. What good is that city to them? If you remember the if you go back to this this new kind when I say new the different kind of warfare that is urban warfare that US troops had fought in Iraq and in in Afghanistan if the big problem in Iraq was they didn't have enough people to hold the cities once they cleared them. But there was great care that was able to be taken by U.S. forces. There were times when, um, you know, my brother was on a Bradley, and there was times they weren't taking those heavy vehicles and driving them in the streets. The tanks weren't driving on streets because it was tearing up the streets, which is where IEDs were getting a lot of uh, a lot of these vehicles because they weren't tearing up the streets. We took great care because we knew that we would end up rebuilding a lot of these cities. So urban warfare was literally door to door kicking doors down and they were clearing out cities but there weren't enough troops to be left behind to secure those cities once they were cleared so um you know they they clear out a city and they'd move to the next place and then the terrorists would come back because there was no one there to hold the city so russia what are they going to do 
because their plan has been they're bombing everything. They bomb hospitals. They bombed an apartment complex. Civilians are being killed. What do they stand to gain even if they're successful? And that is a huge question for the world. What is the end game for Vladimir Putin? Because at this point, he has to realize that the Ukrainians are not going quietly into that good night, that they are going to fight and they have got to destroy this city to take it over. Well, what good is a destroyed city? What good is a destroyed country to you? The land? Are you looking 50 years down the road? And that's what has people concerned is it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense of what they're doing right now. But we are expecting the president of the United States to speak, and uh, he is supposed to speak at around 845. Whenever that happens, we are going to take that live. And I want to recommend that you uh, download the KTAR News app. What's great about the app is when breaking news happens, you get notified right on the app. And if it's happening on the air, you'll be notified like when the president speaks so that you can jump right on your device and hear what the president has to say. What I'm going to do in a moment is talk about the uh, the county attorney's office, new developments in the county attorney's office and those over 180 cases that were not filed on time. An investigation is happening. We'll talk about that next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Uh, Big news out of the Maricopa County Attorney's Office. This continues to be an ongoing issue with the office, with people inside the office saying months ago or over a month ago that they don't have confidence that the county attorney can continue doing the job. She categorically denied that, said she is very capable of doing the job, and she is doing the job. Um, She is admittedly uh, suffering from alcoholism and is uh, going through the process of trying to overcome that and stay clean. She's gone into a rehab facility. And she said it has no effect on her job right now. Uh, There's been accusations that she's been impaired at work, which, again, she categorically denies. And then the story came out that over 180 cases that were supposed to be filed in court missed the filing date. And those cases are now have to be dropped because the statute of limitations has expired. So Sheriff Paul Penzone from Maricopa County, when the majority of these cases were DPS cases and sheriff's office cases, um, the sheriff was on. With Gatos and Chad yesterday, and they asked him how bad these cases are. For a person who's been a victim of an assault or or a theft or some, something of that nature, it's traumatic. When you think that you've been victimized and then you've been failed by the system, that's something that's difficult to, to understand. You know, you expect that law enforcement and the courts and prosecutors are going to be there to fight for justice as it's served in our nation. So in our cases, I think we had 30 or so that were dropped. And I know that at least, I want to say 18 or 19 involved victims. And then you look at the other ones where they're supposedly victimless crimes. Again, my concern is a drunk driver who maybe didn't, we didn't get justice. How do we curb that behavior? What have we done to make sure that they don't repeat that behavior and potentially you know, they're involved in an accident down the road because they're drunk driving because they got away with it this time and we didn't do something to try to intervene and hold them accountable? In our business, we have to look at the potential consequences and liability and then we have to look in the mirror and say, did we do everything that we could to try to prevent that from happening? So the sheriff was then asked, should 
uh, Alistair Adele, the county attorney, resigned. Not my place to say. I will tell you this, though. I, I, I feel very strongly about holding each other accountable at this level. When you are elected, obviously, the people put us in place and they have expectations of what they're entitled to when they bring somebody to this, this level of privilege. And, you know, that's why with this issue, we need to make sure that we're transparent no matter where the cause came from. And when it comes to the county attorney, you know, for me, relationships differ. I mean, my relationship with Bill Montgomery was considerably different. You know, we met with considerable frequency. Um, you know, he was a colleague that I count on uh, with a lot of things that I was involved in. My relationship with County Attorney Adele is a little bit different. All I expect is this, that when we have needs, I'm the, I'm the number one client in the county when it comes to prosecutions of criminal cases, when it comes to civil lawsuits or civil issues, civil documents are being served, when it comes to legal opinions, that is my law firm, the County Attorney's Office. Right. So I just need to know that I can count on that firm. The sheriff has worked very closely with the County Attorney on a number of things. They were in lockstep with each other with, with what information and, and when it came to the route and things of that nature that were requested during the audit. They were in lockstep, both of their offices. So they've had a very good relationship working. So you understand the sheriff not wanting to sever that relationship, but you can hear the frustration in his voice. And uh, we had the former county attorney, Rick Romley. Now, Rick Romley served as the Maricopa County attorney for years. He was also a supporter and an endorser of Alistair Adele. He has called for her resignation, and this was before these cases were dropped. He just thought she needed to step out of the office. I asked him yesterday, is this a common occurrence? Let me first say it's not a common occurrence. I mean, uh, you've got to manage the caseloads. I mean, caseloads are always challenging because you get a lot of cases submitted to the county attorney's office, Mike, but generally you can manage them. And and quite frankly, I, I've been hearing that there's you know some additional problems that are occurring on getting some of the cases filed in a timely manner. So this is not a common occurrence, according to Mr. Romney. And what I what I don't know is how many times it happened when he held the office or when the uh, the one right before the county attorney right before Alistair Adele is one of our Supreme Court justices here in the state of Arizona. His name is Bill Montgomery. How often that happened, if it does happen sometimes. But almost 200 cases, this is something that is very concerning to people. Well, here's the update. The update is that the state bar is now investigating this. And um, it, it's uh, they say in tw- it was 2019, 13 months, and it talks about a story of what happened to people. In 2019, the Maricopa County Attorney's Office said changes would be made to make sure it didn't happen again because it happened back then. And it looks as if those changes hadn't been made here. This is where I think a mistake has been made by the county attorney herself is this is not an issue that's going to go away. If she doesn't talk and there is there is something to be said, no matter where you are. And I had I've gotten great advice from from friends. And one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was when you're accused of something, if you haven't done anything, you have no reason to respond. And if you have done something, you have no right to respond. So the the idea is let the dust settle and let this go away. I don't think that's the right way in this case to handle this. I think there are so many critics that are speaking out and voicing their opinion and new stories are being written. We are talking about it because it's such an important office. I don't think that you can over communicate in a crisis. I think if Alistair Adele is being questioned for her fitness in the job, she needs to show her fitness for the job 
to the people of Maricopa County. Um, we have invited the county attorney on this show. We've asked her to come on and have a conversation about this. We've had critics like Rick Romley on. We've had Sheriff Paul Penzone, who has been dramatically affected by this in his agency. And as he spoke of, so are so many of the victims that this is traumatic for. But I think the county attorney just sending out a three or four line statement is not enough for the people of Maricopa County. I think they need to see her. I think they need to see her healthy and well. I think they need to hear her speak articulately. And and I should say we need to hear her articulate that she is fit for the job and doing it because this gives the impression that you aren't. You don't want people to see you. You're hiding. And that's, I believe, that's the worst thing that you can do. Gatos was scheduled to join me at 845, and we are going to keep that schedule because we are awaiting the president of the United States. And if he speaks, obviously we'll go to the president. But if not, Gatos joins me with the big Q poll question of the day. That happens next. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. Is it Biden speaking right now? Well, he just we just saw I'm watching uh, the the you know, they're we call them televisions. But when you're in a studio, they're a monitor. So I'm uh, looking at the monitors and uh, they are now reporting it's going to be nine thirty. Oh, our time. Our time. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know what you should try? You should do what we do in the afternoons when we have to play a Biden press conference. Yeah. Hey, get a horn. Make sure people are, are awake, you know, because he's a little bit dull. So, you know, you, you Biden, he's, you know, sometimes he speaks and he's, he's whispering. And then you do, you know, you do the horn and you make sure everything, everyone's awake. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. I uh, would try that. I got, um, I've been very distracted this morning during the commercial break. Can I read something to you very quickly? Because you're a married guy. Yeah. Um, someone posted this on Facebook, and it is tips to look after your husband. It was taken from a 1950 home economics book. How much has education changed? All right. uh, one of them is have dinner ready, plan ahead. Oh. Cook a nice dinner, delicious meal, prepare yourself, take 15 minutes to rest and be refreshed, touch up your makeup, put a ribbon in your hair so you look fresh, Uh, clear away the clutter is another one, prepare the children to wash the kids up so they're clean when the husband gets home, Uh, minimize the noise, Uh, don't greet him with problems or complaints, don't complain if he's late for dinner, (laughs) Um, make him comfortable. Listen to him. Listen to him is one of the suggestions. This happens at your house, right? Those were the good old days. (laughs) Oh, I tease. So where did you you see that? Somebody posted it on Facebook. Tips to look after your husband. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, that's some good stuff there, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think think times have definitely changed for sure. That's, uh, That's probably a good thing. Oh, I love it sounds like it sounds like, you're the, getting, it sounds like you're getting a cold. I can hear a cold no, in your it's, voice. I have horrible you have allergies, horrible allergies, and I'm yeah. allergic to antihistamines. I can't take allergy medicine. Is that what happens when you take an antihistamine? Um, and my heart races like crazy. Oh gosh, and I, it's hard to breathe. So I have the opposite effect of what you know those drugs have on most oh. people. That's yeah, no good. Yeah. You're not leaking all over my microphone, are I, you? I, I'm, I'm spitting on your microphone. No, I, I, use, I use the mic sock. We all have our own little. All so right. yeah, I'm, I'm, you're, you're good. I won't. Okay. No. Um, right. What do you got going for the question? Well, it's about uh, Ukraine. Uh, okay. I think the UK is doing this right. They're offering money to citizens. Hey, take in a refugee. We'll give you some money. So I turn it around and I say, you know, would you 
you know, we're here in the U.S., would you house a Ukrainian refugee if the government, the American government, offered to pay you, pay you 450 bucks a month? Uh, yes, no, or maybe. Uh, we took calls on this yesterday. Uh, five calls. That's a great All yes. Yeah. Great question. I, I like yeah. it. That's terrific. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to the president. Now, I'm, I'm looking forward to hear what you have to say, if we have the same opinion to what we hear. Yeah, and use the horn. It's good. <laughs> That's a great idea. I appreciate it. Right, don't leak on my microphone. I won't. I won't. Okay. All right, thanks, Gato. See ya. All right, the BQ poll question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Just after 9 o'clock, we will talk about what's happening in Ukraine, what we're expecting the president to say, and a little bit more of what President Zelensky said to the U.S. Congress. He said the same thing to the parliament in Canada. Will the message resonate? Will we get a no-fly zone? We'll talk a little bit more about what's happening in Ukraine and why it's so important in just a couple of moments. 